بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونسلی علی رسوله الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 6th of January in the year 2023 Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 18th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik and yesterday I began the subsection in which we were discussing the blessed family seeking tabarruk from our beloved messenger and I mentioned that Umm Suleim Anas's beloved mother and also Anas himself collected the sweat and the blessed hair of the Prophet which they used for blessings and then I mentioned also the saliva of the Prophet i.e. in which Anas said he spat into our well and he became the sweetest water in the entire city of, uh, of Al-Madinah also I should have mentioned yesterday there's a report and the report is recorded in Tabarani and Hayat al-Sahab and there was a munafik, a hypocrite and this hypocrite he came to the Prophet and he said Ya Rasulullah Iman is here and he pointed to his tongue it is not here and he pointed to his heart. So the Prophet he said, show me your tongue. So the hypocrite, he, he showed his tongue and the Prophet he held the tip of his tongue and then he made a supplication for him. And then that man said, as soon as he let go of my tongue, I felt Iman flooding into my heart. Then, obviously he's a companion now, the companion Radiyallahu said, Ya Rasulullah, there's other hypocrites I know. He goes, shall I bring them to you? So the Prophet said, if they come to me, yes. So this is a report, so it's an authentic report in Tabarani. So what now is happening? Again, note, the Prophet it wasn't just physical ailments. It wasn't just physical ailments that he cured. It was also spiritual ailments. And there is no spiritual ailment worse than hypocrisy. And notice the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if they come to me, meaning they have to want to receive guidance. And Alhamdulillah, that person became a devout believer. So note, when it comes to the scent and the saliva of the Prophet ﷺ, there is complete shafa. Then there's his blessed hair. Sayyidina Anas, he said, Radiyallah, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa got his head shaved, Abu Talha radiyallah, was the first to take some of his hair. Subhanallah. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 171, Sayyid Muslim, Al-Lu'lu wal-Marjan, number 821. So in this flawless report, recorded in the both glorious Sayyid, Anas said the Prophet shaved his head and the only time he shaved his blessed head was during the farewell pilgrimage. And Abu Talha, the stepfather of Anas, he was the first to take the hair. Anas also said that the Prophet said, Is Abu Talha here? 
he sallallahu alayhi wa then gave it to Abu Talha radiyallahu this is in Abu Dawood in his Sunan number 1976 so if you combine the reports it wasn't a coincidence why? because the Prophet requested Abu Talha and he gave his blessed hair to him and as mentioned this was during the glorious farewell pilgrimage just three months before our beloved messenger left the world it is recorded in Sahih Muslim that Abu Talha was thereupon told to distribute the blessed hair to the rest of the companions so it wasn't just one hair he took quite a bit of the blessed hair and then the Prophet said distribute it Imam Nawwi in his Sharh Sahih Muslim also relates that Sayyidah Umm Sulaim also distributed the sacred hair to the female companions. So what's interesting, both husband and wife had the honor of distributing the priceless hair of our beloved Messenger Anas also relates in Ahmad in his Musnad when Rasulullah shaved his head in Mina, he gave me the hair from his right side and said, O Anas, take it to your mother, Umm Sulaim. When the companions saw what Rasulullah gave to us, they thereupon began to compete to take the hair from the left side, and everyone was taking a share from this. So, this adds the detail. So, how did Umm Sulaim get? in possession of the blessed hair, it was Anas. And the Prophet told Anas, give it to your mother. And when the companions saw what the Prophet was doing, they then competed to take the hair. They all wanted one of the blessed hairs of the Prophet Indeed, such was their eagerness that they would not even thereupon let the blessed hair of Rasulullah even touch the floor. In Sayyid Muslim, number 5750, Anas said, I saw when Rasulullah got his hair cut by the barber that his companions would come around him and they eagerly wanted that no hair should fall but in the very hand of a person. Subhanallah. So think about that. So in this flawless report in Sayyid Muslim, Anas said, they wouldn't even let their hair touch the ground. Now think about that. They were surrounding the Prophet He was getting his blessed hair shaved. And when the hair was falling, they didn't even let, let it touch the ground. So now, why why did the Prophet give the instruction that Abu Talha should be given the hair? Of all of the Sahab. So Hafiz Zurkani, he commented in his Sharh Al-Mawahib, he states, Rasulullah only divided his hair amongst his companions so that it would be a continuous source of blessing for them, a reminder for them, as though he was indicating his time was near. He also chose Abu Talha as a way of indicating this. How? Because it was Abu Talha who dug the noble grave and bricked up the lahad. Subhanallah. So look how amazing. So obviously, he did this, but why? Why didn't he do that during the Umrah, which he did the four Umrah, why wait for the farewell Hajj? Two reasons. One was he was given a sign, sign that he was leaving the world and he wanted to leave this as a blessing. 
Then he told Abu Talha, in particular, to be the first wife because he took the grave of the Prophet So what is that in reference to? The hadith is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad and it's Sahih Ligayri. And Abbas, the Prophet's uncle, he once said, he made a dua. He goes, Oh my Lord, choose for your messenger. Meaning, we don't know who should dig the grave for your beloved messenger. And there was two. One was Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, one of the ten promised paradise, the Amin of this Ummah, the other was Abu Talha. So Abbas made a dua, Ya Allah, choose. They couldn't find Abu Ubaidah. So they chose Abu Talha came, and he goes, you have, you have been honored. So this is why the Prophet said to Abu Talha, take the hair, meaning this is a clear sign that I'm going to leave the world. But did Abu Talha know? Look how interesting, he was told to gather the hair, but why? Then maybe he understood. And not only this, Abu Talha who also took the graves of the, the Badris. So in the Ba'al of Badr, there was 11 to 14 martyrs, who took the graves? Abu Talha. So Abu Talha took the graves of the most elite martyrs, and to crown it off, he took the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Abidah, rahmatullah he said, no doubt if I had a single hair of that it would have been more beloved to me than the whole world and all that it contains subhanallah this is in Sahih Bukhari number 170 so one of the salaf Abida rahmatullah he said this one hair of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is more beloved to me if I had it than the whole world and all that it contains meaning we can use it for endless blessings which the companions did so the blessings of the holy hair is unbounding but in contrast there's a warning in Kanzul Umal Sayyidina Ali he said Rasulullah had one of his blessed hair in his hand and he warned whoever gives difficulty to one of my hairs then for that person, paradise is forbidden. SubhanAllah. Whoever gives difficulty to one of my hairs, then for that person, paradise is forbidden. This is in Tanzul Umal. So look how frightening. One hair of the Prophet And he said, if you give difficulty to just one of my hair, then paradise is forbidden. Meaning, you've lost your Iman. Paradise can only be forbidden if you've lost your Iman. Meaning, one must therefore show the utmost veneration for anything from our beloved messenger otherwise one's very iman is jeopardized mm-hmm. think about that people say is it recommended to respect the hair no it's fadid <laughs> and a person goes what do you mean fadid you disrespect the hair you lose your iman mm-hmm. if you take the hadith literally mm-hmm. paradise is forbidden to you what does that mean it means you've gone mm-hmm. So any disrespect even to one of the blessed hairs of the Prophet and he didn't say disrespect. Whoever gives difficulty, what does that mean? Whoever gives difficulty to one of my hair, then for that person paradise is forbidden. So if you look at the companions, for example, the hadith is in Tabarani, Al-Hatimi in Majma Az-Zawaid, Sahih Hadith, Khalid ibn Al-Walid, the sword of Allah radiallahu he was fighting during a campaign, I think it was Yarmouk. 
and he always had this cup under his turban and during the encounter the cup was lost and during the clanging of swords the heat of the battle he's looking for the cup so the mujahids they thought this is very strange what's he doing eventually after the lull in the battle they asked him because oh me what were you doing so khalid bin walid radiyallahu said i would have given my life to find that cup because why am i he goes because within it is one of the hairs of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and through its blessings allah taala gives victory so look how humble he was as well he didn't say i'm the sword of allah the prophet called me the sword of allah i cannot be broken he put his full faith in the fight that it's the blessed hair of rasulullah which is on his possession through which allah taala gives victory i think about that could there be a more majestic man on the battlefield who would who was given was teaching you a valuable lesson so even the great khalid bin walid was teaching you how to honor the hairs of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam subhanallah in addition the prophet sallallahu alaihi are alive in their graves those any parts separated from them are also the same those the sacred hair still grow a miracle which has been observed over the millennia so why is that strange because if you look at the hair of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it splits in two it's still growing and why does it split in two because it's increasing no you don't cut it the hair normally should just keep growing but then you have to cut the hair allah taala does it for you he splits it in two so why is the hair still growing because in a mutawatir hadith in abu ya'la and imam sayyid was mutawatir meaning you can't deny this report and sheikh al-bani also states sahih the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the prophets are alive in their graves and they are praying the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam are alive in their graves and are praying so if they are alive what's one of the signs of a person being alive his nail and his hair still grow so therefore after the prophets taste death why do their hair and nails still grow because this is the sign that they're still alive so note that's why you got multiple blessed hairs all over the world of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and just to add what if god forbid it's a fake hair somebody just like basically money making scheme auzubillah so our response to that is we always err on the side of caution mm. we still show love and respect to it because why it may be the hair of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah taala will not deprive you even if it's not the hair because you're showing love and veneration to it so don't go too much into that if you hear somebody has been honored that they got the hair of the prophet don't go start making investigations where did he get it from i want to know the chain of narration by all means if you want to go that far or why do you need to go that far just go and pay your respects so note sayyidina anas radiyallahu was also honored to have other priceless belongings from our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam which should be mentioned at the relevant place inshallah so thus far whatever mentioned he had the sliver of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he had the sweat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he had the hair of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but he had other priceless belongings which he used for the barak as well that he had not so note if you look at the companions 
how much love and veneration they had for the Prophet ﷺ was truly unfathomable because they were chosen by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So moving on, next section entitled The Blessed Pairing of the Noble Muhajirun and the Ansar The Blessed Dwelling, as mentioned, was simply bombarded with priceless blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which we've discussed. Another priceless blessing was that the pairing of the companions of Makkah and Al-Madina was also performed there. So what is recorded? In Sayyid Bukhari number 2294, Sayyid Muslim number 2529, Abu Dawood, Ahmad ibn Sa'ad in Istabaqat 1-238, Ibn Katid Sida volume 2 page 212 of the English translation. Anas radiallahu he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made the alliance brotherhood between the Muhajir and the Ansar in my dwelling. Subhanallah. The Holy Prophet made the brotherhood, the alliance between the Muhajir and the Ansar in my dwelling. So as if this dwelling needed more blessings. So when we hear that famous narrative, the Sahabu were paired up, where were they paired up? And the person would say, my brother, well, not really, but I'd like to know. <laughs> it was that dwelling. <laughs> but, important to point out, in another report in Khatt al-Bari 15-130, it mentions that the blessed pairing took place in Masjid al-Nabi. However, there is no contradiction, for it took place in both these blessed locations. Indeed, it is clearly mentioned in Sayyid Muslim, that the brotherhood between the Muhajir and the Ansar started in the dwelling of Anas. So a person goes, Bukhari al Muslim mentions it was Anas's dwelling, but Ibn Hajar Askalani, he says in Fat al Bari, it was the Masjid al Nabi. Very easy reconciliation. Imam Muslim records that it started in the dwelling of Anas. And of course, maybe later it was also doing in Masjid al Nabi. But the fact that that dwelling was used shows that it was an unparalleled dwelling which Allah Ta'ala was honoring above others i.e. the blessed dwelling of Anas So all I mentioned today was basically concluding on the short subsection with regards to Tabarrak i.e. seeking blessings from the Blessed belongings of our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I should have mentioned, is it only for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Can you use another pious person's belongings for blessings? So here the scholars have differed. They all agree you can do it for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and an extension of the Prophet The scholars have differed. However, what seems to be the case is that you can. So where is the proof? There's an interesting report. It's a long report with the relevant part in Sayyid Muslim. And it's the narrative of Juraj. Juraj, the famous report where he didn't let his mother enter the dwelling because he was playing. And his mother goes, if you are in the dwelling and you have not opened the door, may you not die until you see the face of prostitutes. And then the long narrative says that he eventually sees the face of prostitutes, but Allah Ta'ala exonerated him through a miracle. A child spoke in his defense. 
When the child spoke in his defense, what does it mention? This is very interesting. The people touched your age to seek blessings. <laughs> right? So when they saw that he was innocent because Allah proclaimed his innocence, the people touched him for blessings. Who told us that? Rasulullah Did anybody contradict? How could they contradict when the Prophet narrated? Was Juraj a Prophet? No. He may have been a companion, we don't know. But definitely he was a righteous soul. So there's the proof. The Prophet was indicating if you can put somebody, even that is a, you can take blessings from this. And this is recorded in Sahih Muslim. The very interesting narrative of Juraj. In English equivalent, his name is George. Maybe Saint George is Juraj. You know, so one of them. So I talked about the blessed head of the Prophet and why is it so abundant the world over because of the miracle. And then I mentioned very briefly that the blessed pairing, the famous pairing of the Sahaba started in the dwelling of Anas. And then of course it extended into the blessed masjid of the Prophet Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah